Welcome, everybody, to episode nine of the Goulet Pencast, where fountain pens are still a thing. I am Brian Goulet. And I am Drew Brown. And we're here from Goulet Pens to deliver this casual and informal, tangential and extraneous, superfluous and extemporaneous fountain pen show where we talk about what's going on at the Goulet Pen Company and our fountain pen lives. In today's show, we're going to be shortening things up just a little bit because we just did one of these last week. And if you made it to the end, <laughs> then we announced that we're going to try to start doing these more regularly. Now, granted, I'm going to have a weird schedule myself over the next month, so we're not actually going to start doing this weekly, basically, except today for the next month. We'll go back to every other week, and then we'll start doing it weekly again. Summer's going to be a bit weird, but we're trying to do it more, and that's kind of the point. So we're going to do a similar format to what we've been doing all along, but just slightly shorter questions. We're not going to do a hypothetical and a flex segment, but just a hypothetical, except this time I'm doing it. It's going to be good. Twist. I'm excited. So let's get right into it, Drew. We yes. have some feedback, plenty of feedback, in yeah, fact. Yeah, we have a good amount of feedback. First, I'd like to mention that if you were one of the early adopters of last week's podcast, you may have noticed it go live and then go not live. That was due to our temporary audio technician um, maybe not doing some things exactly perfectly right, so that temporary audio technician may have needed to take it down, fix some audio things, and then put it back up. So I am sorry if uh, you were enjoying it and then had it pulled right out from under you. Um, but all is well now. I got it uploaded pretty quick after, you know, basically you had Brian coming in one ear, me coming in the other ear, and that's just no, nobody needs that. Was wigging that. people out. Yeah, nobody needs that. So sorry if I wigged you. To, to be fair, most of the comments on that first video were people being like, this audio thing is tripping me out. Can y'all fix this, please? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Something to that so, effect. Thank you for that. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and then we mentioned the pilot MR slash Metropolitan in one of last week's Q&A questions. And Brian and I started talking about how perhaps uh, we did not know a lot about that. One of the questions was, since our, meaning in the U.S., we have the Metropolitan, comes with a Con B squeeze converter, does the MR come with a converter? And Graham from the U.K. says that it does not come with a standard international converter. It does come with a short cartridge, though. There um, you go. So uh, also, in that, he mentioned the pilot Pluminix. 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 Did you know about that? Nope. It's like... Is that a Franken-pen? No, Sounds like the it's, Plumix it's and the a small, Prera together. It's a small Plumix. It's a smaller Plumix. Hmm. That's a thing. I didn't know that. I had to look it up. I was like, did he just say Plumix and then do a typo on Plumix? No, it's a thing. And I felt super excited knowing that. So if it's not a new thing, then I would say probably not that many people know about it because we've been at this a while. Yeah. And we were not aware that this existed. But so. I learned something. So thank you, Graham, from yeah. the UK. There you go. Um... And then, uh, yeah. Anyway, very cool. Yeah. Um, um, I, oh, along those lines, when Drew and I were talking right before this, you know, recording today, we were talking about this, and I was like, we had two very different understandings of what we were talking about yeah. around this issue last week. He was purely talking about whether the converter was included with the pen or not. I was talking about whether the pen was a standard international configuration or a Pilot Namiki configuration, which is a different cartridge, different converter kind yeah. of setup. So I was a little confused when I read the comments and stuff like that. But there were some people that said that, no, it is not a standard international setup at all. This is not relating to whether it comes with a converter or not. But they were like, no, it's the Pilot Namiki version. But um, no, it actually is the standard international. Uh, that's what they have on the pilot EU website is saying it's standard international. However, Drew did confirm with me that if you're buying through some 
you know, places that may not be getting their stuff officially through the Pilot EU um, distribution channels, um, like Amazon DE as one example, that you might not be getting that standard international yeah. version. So you may see a blend of both in Europe, but that the proper distribution channel does come standard international, but with That's no right. converter. That's right. So glad we got that cleared yes. up. Yes, and we'll continue to learn welcome, more on that. Welcome to what happens when we don't know what we're talking about. AKA every podcast. Um, we also had a surprising number of people saying, hey, I'm really into math, and I appreciate the fact that Brian said asymptote. Yes, that's so right. So that was the first time I had heard that word, but apparently there's some asymptote fans out there. Yes, and in reflecting on this comment, I was like, what can I, what can I give these people? Some more of the math fans out there. Oh, yes, please. So I'm, math. I'm willing to bet that there is a normal distribution of appreciation for my asymptote terminology. That's like the bell curve. That's called a normal distribution. You've heard of the bell don't, curve. Don't look at me and talk math, ever. So um, there's probably some outliers on both ends. But I find great satisfaction in knowing that if you pull enough people and find a normal distribution about how they feel about asymptotes, that those who feel very strongly in favor of or against asymptotes will in and of themselves be an asymptote. Uh, Isn't that wonderful? I'm broken. All right. <laughs> Why did you do that to me? Could you do what would you it's say? It's like that? asymptote inception. Save that till the end where my brain is already like I got nothing left. And... Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Uh, yes. So uh, East Wind via YouTube also said a funny thing that I wanted to mention because I feel the same way. Brian and I talked about filler words last week and how he says um and hum. And oh, I said like, like a million times. And yeah. I say you know a lot. Mm -hmm. And East Wind mm -hmm. also says okay is pretty much the flywheel of my vocabulary. Without that word, I would pretty much be able to only grunt and say things like fire bad. <laughs> and I like that because <laughs> I think that it would I would have a similar struggle if I wasn't able to say, you know, you know? Mm -hmm. And then we also had a couple of comments since we began the show, not necessarily last time, but since mm. we began, uh, about how when Brian's reading the opening, he says the word extraneous or extemporaneous. Mm-hmm. Uh, while both, both technically while reading from the script, which by definition is the opposite of extemporaneous, it is a bit ironic. Yeah, that the the most the word that talks about how ad libbed this whole right. thing is. So I was like, Brian, is you entirely should, scripted. You should try to memorize the intro. I thought that'd be a great idea. Literally couldn't do it. I mean, <laughs> I tried. I was like, right before we started recording, I was like, superfluous is in there somewhere. I mean, I can't do it. I can't, I can't, yeah, I'm sure you'd be able to do it one day. I can't remember Christmas carols that I've sung my entire life. I can't remember the words to the Star Spangled Banner. It's pretty bad. Like my, my, my rote memory is severely deficient. I've actually been tested on this and it's way out of line with all of my other abilities. Mm. Uh, so it is a severe deficiency that I have that uh, I'm just kind of okay with. And this, this is something, believe it or not, that has been an ongoing issue with videos because I will literally script and have like two sentences of something to say <laughs> about a pen that I know inside and out. And when I sit down in front of the camera and I go to record, I cannot say the same thing two times in a row. My brain just goes off and I can't remember what it is that I even wrote, even though I wrote it and looked at it two seconds before I said it. It's kind of a thing. I so. bet you there are a lot of people that would be surprised to hear that. You come across very naturally. Well, most of the time that's because I'm just ad-libbing, but... I mean, you know, look at how many notes how very extemporaneous are of in you. this thing. Yeah, I mean, it's our stuff is surprisingly, it's bulleted out. Yeah. Right? But if I'm trying to say something very specific and accurate, I pretty much have to write it down because I cannot 
remember all the words. All right. Well, maybe we can create like a jingle or a song. Extemporaneous. See, if we did that, we recorded that once and then just use that every time. That'd be great. But if I had to <laughs> sing it every time we started the thing, I would not remember it at all. No, I don't think any of us need that. I don't know how I made it through school, to be oh, honest with goodness. you. Oh, actually, Can't you, you got some stuff coming up next. Oh, I do have some stuff, don't I? Okay, so Andrea Erdman on YouTube said, uh, correct the spelling in your last segment, CompNay updates. Well, I thought this was delightful. And I would honestly love it if every single recording we had, somebody genuinely thought we spelled it wrong because that's kind of the running gag. Yeah. And we just left it in there. So Drew corrected you know, Andrea properly on the comments, but uh, it's supposed to be that way. Though it wasn't the first time. No. We just went with it. And we just liked the way Compne sounded. Yeah. So that's what we do. Um, and then this other one, uh, Ignacio Amato said, Brian, you had a good thing going and now it's becoming cheesy and a little tacky. Why did you choose to go in that direction? If you two want, no, sorry. If you two want to do comedy, I don't think that this is the right channel. It's definitely Ooh. not. Burn. Um, I appreciate the sentiment. I, I genuinely do. Um, however... <laughs> This is nothing new. Going all the way back to 2010, remember I did the Jerbon glass pen with the Ocean Spray 2010 wine segments? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there's so many silly and ridiculous things that we've done all along the way. But then specifically, you and I together have recorded multiple ridiculous segments. I think my ridiculousness amps up when you're in the room. Yeah, I yeah. I would say you have that effect on you me. You know, the, the quick draw pens comes to mind. Yeah, you remember know. Fountain Pen News back in the day where we like... I had the bandolier and the Noodler's Black on my face. Oh, yeah. You were, you were like storming the building as a ballpoint fan. Yeah. I, I was defending. Well, I was doing uh, the recording, actually. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I was behind yeah, the camera that's that right. day. Okay. So this was you and me producing that together. Yeah. And it was like, and you yeah, had one take. You have a broadsword, don't you? Bring that. I, do. I have a bandolier. Yeah. Let's do that and put preppies in it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this is a this is a thing with Drew and I. We, yeah. we, we feed off each other there. Yeah, there's probably not the most prevalent like the silliness but it definitely has been here since the beginning it's, it's for been sure a common thread yeah but again also this is really what part of the pencast is for and i think ignacio maybe you just haven't been aware of everything that's on this channel we got two thousand videos or something close to that on youtube the pencast is just one form of them so yeah. this is going to be our outlet for something unscripted mostly and kind of ridiculous it's just fun for us uh, most of the other stuff that we produce is a little more serious, a little more, you know, pointed, but we don't really take ourselves all that seriously. And we are, we are being a hundred percent our genuine selves and yeah. this is, this is just us. So yeah. and th this, we totally acknowledge is not going to be everybody's cup of tea and no. that is fine. We have multiple Absolutely. cups of multiple teas available on our YouTube channel. So, yeah. um, I also will always be finishing this video up with, um, timestamp so if you want to skip to just the meat and potatoes of the pen talk you most mm -hmm. certainly can do that too yeah we're probably more serious during the q a we're asking specifically yeah. about pen questions and stuff like that but it's not going to be everybody's flavor and that's fine but we're just going to have fun with it and keep doing it this way so don't give up on the whole channel that would be a shame yeah no but Bri just skip the pen cast the if it's intro not that we just mentioned is 100 percent true like that that's mm -hmm. why he says that in fact you know i know it's 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 long but we wanted to open with that to give everybody the right impression of what they're in for there you go all right new stuff let's new talk about some stuff. new stuff all right well we have a new twisby drew which oh is not something that happens every day the twisby swipe wow yeah big deal cool. yeah it is a big deal so two colors you're gonna have a blue and you're gonna have a kind of like a translucent smoke it's a it's a pretty 
opaque translucent, but yeah. it is a little translucent. The blue seems to be more opaque. Kind of like they have with the Go. They have a blue and a smoke, right? Yeah, but the blue, the Go is uh, is translucent all the way through as well. It's fairly translucent. Yeah. This one, it seems the blue, we haven't seen this in person, but based on the pictures that we've seen, uh, it looks like the blue is pretty solid and the smoke is somewhat translucent through, but it's got an ink window either way, so you're going to have some, some good visibility to your ink status. Now, um, I looked at that and I was like, why is there a spring in here? What the heck is yeah, going on? That was right? the first thing I saw. Well, Drew, that's because this pen is a cartridge converter pen. Wait, Brian, Twisby does not make cartridge converter pens. Well, they do now, brother. <gasps> Collective gasp. I know. Actually, this is what I alluded to a couple of weeks ago when we recorded, when I said that I talked to Philip and all that. He was telling me about this pen, and I couldn't talk about it. Oh! Actually, this pen has been in the works for quite some time. Um, but he was telling me, so they developed the cartridge converter thing and it's a, a two different styles of converter as well there is uh, like a, a twist version as well as the push one kind of like what you have in the go with the spring and all mm-hmm. that mess um so it's two different two different ones and the, the version that's coming in the u.s is going to have both as well as a cartridge but a standard international so you st- should still i think fit other types of converters if you don't have the twisby one but i think the twisby one is unique to them because he was talking about how challenging it was to design it and get the flow right and everything like that it's very different than a piston filling pen and that opened up the whole conversation about like everything that's involved in getting ink to flow properly through a fountain pen and it is so involved it's kind of ridiculous so is it one of those like pump 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 sort of filling mechanisms or is it just like a plunger that just draws ink up like just an automated syringe I believe it's going to act like the go where it's got the spring and it'll it'll more or less get a full filling on one draw but you could do it a couple of times if okay. you wanted to kind of max it out. I think that's how it's going to work. Okay. But we haven't seen it in our hands yet. So I haven't seen a video of how it's used. I'm kind of making assumptions based on its cool. design. Cool. Well, I'm excited. I think a lot of people are yeah. looking forward to this one. Yeah. You know what? Technically, the Micarta was a cartridge converter pen too. You are correct about that. A lot of people forget about, about that one. That. That's an oldie but goodie. Mm. That was a pretty cool pen. I know. I miss it. It's pretty cool. But that was just a regular standard international back back in the day. No spring-loaded fun. So I'm curious to see how this pen does because it is, you know, uh, I feel like some of the response, and and y'all let us know in the comments what you think about it, but especially in the U.S., mm, it's definitely not as much of a cartridge-forward, you know, pen community as it is, say, in Europe. You know, we've talked about this with the, the pilot, right? So... I think that uh, when Twisby was designing this, they had a little bit more of an eye towards the European market. Um, but I think that's why they're including the two different styles of converters in the U.S. is so that it you know, has a little more appeal to those who yeah. maybe aren't going to be using cartridges all the time. But they're just cartridges much more universal and available in Europe and not so much in the U.S. So I'm very curious to see how it's received, see what kind of feedback you get. You know, it's priced a little bit less than an Eco, but it's more than a Go. So I think it'll be really interesting to see what the feedback is. And I'm curious to get one in my hands. And I yeah. want it, and I want it now. And it's not soon enough. And that's how everybody feels yeah. about everything Twisby, more or less. That's true. So I'm excited about that. $26.99. And uh, yeah, stainless steel nibs. The nibs are the same as the Eco, I believe. And uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it's received. So we'll let you know. As soon as we get it, we'll pull it out and we'll show it on this pencast at the next episode, which might be the next one that we do depending on when it arrives. I think it's coming soon, though. All right, next thing we got is a Diplomat Arrow Stripes Black, or as TrackDog on YouTube says, if you say Arrow Black Stripe three times, does one appear? I'm getting some strong Beetlejuice vibes, <laughs> which I think is pretty good. You need to put some like neon green or bright green ink in yes. it. That way it has like the hair effect oh, yeah. to it, which I think is pretty cool. Um, so that one I think is also coming very soon. It- Today. It, did it come today? Well, we, I had a question mark on it this morning. I didn't confirm whether it actually arrived, but 
probably by the time this is here Friday, when we are yeah, I'm, I'm publishing this. I'm supposed to put something on Instagram about it today. So. Well, then probably it has arrived. So, <laughs> so it's probably here. We'll see. If Drew posts something about it on Wednesday, <laughs> then you will know that I've it is I've got it ready arrived. to go. There you go. So, uh, yeah, I guess we could have shown it. Have we? Yeah, it's around here somewhere. It? Okay. Well, I didn't know, and here we are. So, anyway, $180 for that pen, stainless steel nib. So, you know, that's your flavor. But I think, it, you know, it's the same as every other arrow, except that it's got that two-tone kind of look. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, um, but it's anodized. They anodize the whole thing black, and then they basically, like, rub off, kind of polish off and have this brushed, uh, you know, look to it that leaves the black just in the grooves. Yeah. So new technique that they're trying. I love that Diplomat always tries new things, and uh, I'm curious to see how it's received. So it'll be exciting to see. I love the fact that they're doing this extra step and not charging any more for it. I think that's a really yeah. cool move by Diplomat. It's definitely more work. It's more work. It, co- it yeah. costs more to produce this pen, but they're selling Absolutely. it at the same price as all the other ones. So I think Absolutely. that's super cool. And they would only do that. And I kind of asked our distributor about that. They were like, yeah, it does cost them more time and labor to do that, but they want to see how this pen is received. And they felt like if they charged a premium, that that might falsely influence how it's received. So they just genuinely wanted to see how it went. So Nice. Well, I appreciate that. There you go. That's a good guy move right there. That's right. You know what else, Brian? What, Drew? It's Shark Week. Yeah, it is. It is Shark Week. And no. that means, like we've done the last several at this point? Or are we still at few I we, years? I think few we, years? Can we say several years? Oh, Has it been long enough to say several? What's or, the What's the cutoff there? Is I don't there know. An official, we'll, when does something go from few to several? For the last bunch of years, we've been <laughs> selling... Our Jinhao Shark pens, the 993, mm. at some sort of a discount, whether it was like a buy one, get one thing. Right now, though, they are 50% off, which bumps them all the way down to a paltry $1.97. So buy a bunch. When this goes up on Friday, we will still have the sale going. It's going to run through midnight Sunday. So this, we might need a bigger that, pen case. There you uh, go. But they're fun. It's a great penabling pen. Buy some from your for your friends, your family. It comes yeah. with a converter too for a buck ninety seven. I mean, it's pretty tough to be. Yeah, it's pretty tough to be. Seriously, it's a great starter pen. It's fun. They're sharks. Brought that one up in the most recent uh, pens for newbies part two. Yeah, so it's featured in there. We also have a kind of ridiculous video on the shark pen itself, where I just really had some fun with the intro. And another your, good example of how and you your, can't take uh, me that seriously. And your haberdashery. My what? Your your hat. My hat? Your hat choice. My hat choice. Yeah, you were a... Haberdashery? A haberdasher is, is a... Word? Is that a, a hat maker? Yeah. A hat enthusiast? Hat maker. Hat seller? Hat, hat seller. Hat a proprietor. A hat, a hat proprietor is called a haberdasher? I believe so. Now you've got me thinking... Now you've got just me... Never, I've heard the term, but I've never understood it. I've never understood what it is. All right. Well, you're one step ahead of me on asymptote then, because I've never even okay. heard of that one. Well, I don't know. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm not a hat guy. I don't wear hats. You know me. I don't wear. I can't pull off a hat. My head's too big. I look really weird. I, I in was, all hats. I was thinking about that when I was looking back at some old videos with some funky intros and our shading inks video. Not only are you wearing a trench oh, that's coat, a, that's a good one. When it looks like you have no with pants shorts, on, because yeah. I'm wearing shorts. It looks like you have like no pants. I look on. like a flasher. But yeah. um, you've got a uh, a hat that just does not fit you at all like it's it's like sitting no, on none top of, of your head well so we went to goodwill to pick up those items no that hat that was uh joe's hat that's yeah. what that was and i have a bigger head than him and that the coat was from goodwill it was a lady's trench coat that's why it was so short <laughs> Mystery. And, the, and the sleeves went maybe to here like not even three quarter sleeves it was like a five eighths sleeves yeah our, our costume budget wasn't very wasn't very high that yeah, year i think we paid nine dollars for that coat maybe that's not bad. It was a it was a half decent trench coat. Yeah, I couldn't really wear it. Where'd it go? Who has it now? 
I don't know where it went, honestly. Oh, I know I don't have it anymore. We should bring that back. Yeah. You want to move on to Q&A? I think we should. All right. Let's keep this thing rolling. All right. We are going to start the Q and the A. That's right. With... Uh, you kick it off, Drew. Um, I do not know what this person's name is. Chris Covey 19 from uh, YouTube, I believe, mentioned... Hmm. A semi-common question, actually. Okay. Why some noodlers and private reserve make a kind of foam on the tip of the nib? Kind of foam. And what I You're am talking hearing, like that crusty stuff that yes, can build up. Yes, yeah. definitely okay. the the nib crust, the creep, mm. the creep crust, crustaceans. As yes, I like to call them. crustacean creep crust. So uh, yeah, this is not a new thing, is it? Nope, not new at all. No. In fact, we've been seeing this for probably over a decade. With different ink, uh, not just Noodlers or Private Reserve, but other other brands too. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen it with Dye Mine. We've seen it um, like Copper Burst. I think does it a lot. Um, pumpkin Dye Mine Pumpkin does pumpkin it a lot. Pumpkin does it? Yeah, oh yeah. I've had Red Dragon do it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the original, very first one I ever saw that did it was um, Jerbon 1670 Rouge Hematite. Really? Yep. On your Schaefer, I bet. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, the Schaefer 300. 100. percent Yeah, 100. percent That yeah, might be the first pen that I saw that that did it on. Uh, but yeah, it's, it seems to be a pretty common trend, especially with red and orange colored inks mm-hmm. or like copper colored inks. <laughs> the, the only, the only non one of those I saw it in, I, it happened to me once with Monteverde, California teal. And uh, that was the only oh, time really? I saw it with a green. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so what's okay. happening is a, you've got some nib creep going on to some extent. It could be a little bit, it could be a lot, but it's happening in some way. And you've got some ink creeping out and then mm-hmm. the pen is uh, it's, it's drying mm-hmm. out. So when it dries, it crustifies, whatever you want to call it, solidifies. And then more mm-hmm. creeps and kind of creeps on top of that crust and makes mm-hmm. more crust. And you've kind of just kind of get a... Uh, it's like a mushroom. It's like a stalagmite like on, a- your, on your nib. Yeah. <laughs> but it comes up from the ground instead of dripping down. Anyway. Um, wait, it's just, wait, wait, wait. Stalagmite. So one, stalagmite and stalactite. Tights on the ceiling. Tights on the ceiling? Yeah. Because it's tight to the ceiling? Yeah. Is that, and stalagmite come from the ground? Yeah. Well, see, it, might, not, it might touch the ceiling might one touch day. The, see, that's not a helpful pneumatic device for me because, or mnemonic device, not pneumatic device. Oh, whatever. It could be not air helpful powered. Mnemonic it has device, to come out of your mouth. Because you could literally say the opposite of that. And you could be like, it might reach the floor if it's long enough. Or it's tight to the floor. <laughs> like, you can't be tighter than on the floor. Like, it's not a helpful... Not a helpful one for me. Okay. That's why I can't remember it. Okay. Anyway. Either way, it's not new. Um, <laughs> just wipe it off. It's just just the non-water part of the yeah. ink. It, so it, it can... It looks like something is really wrong. Yeah, it looks like it, mold or something. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's just crustiness. I think it's whatever whatever dye component yeah. or it, it, it turns into... I don't know if it's a particulate necessarily. It could be. But I think sometimes what happens, especially with certain inks that are highly saturated like that, um, you can actually get dye that will fall out of suspension uh, in the water. And I think this is, again, I'm, I'm tiptoeing outside of my actual realm of knowledge getting into maybe an area I don't know, but I think, you know, when you have some of these things, because we have some um, inks, for example, Noodler's Dragon's Napalm, I think Dragon's Napalm, Georgia Beach. It'll have have some, like, stuff that starts to, it almost starts to look like shimmer, but it's not really. They're kind of flaky looking. It's a little flaky. And and we've asked Nathan about that before, and he said that does that because literally you cannot put any more dye into that ink. It is 100% saturated mm-hmm. as much as it can be. And sometimes what happens, certain dyes will um, actually like solidify and kind of fall out of suspension like that. It doesn't hurt the ink, doesn't mean anything's wrong. So I think what's happening is as you're having the nib um, exposed to air, 
um, the water is evaporating, and then essentially you have more dye left than the, the water that's left can actually hold. So then oh. it turns into that kind of crusty particulate stuff, but it's just not in the ink anymore. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's similar kind of effect, but it's just exposed to the air, and then it just turns itself into a yeah. stalagmite. So you can just wipe it off, maybe dip your ink in water to give it a little mm-hmm. bit of a rinse, because yeah. what you were doing at that point is reconstituting the yeah. ink, because it, all it is is ink that's missing the water component. Absolutely. You can wipe it on your friend's shirt. You can lick it. There's you all kinds what? of there options There are times for where you need to ignore Mr. Goulet. This is one of those times. Uh, you shouldn't heed my advice. You know, legal disclaimer inserted here. But I'm, I'm just saying these are options you can do. Physically, you are capable of besmirching a friend's clothing absolutely with this. absolutely i All wouldn't right. advise you to do any of those things. no just no. wipe just wipe it off with a wet paper towel <laughs> yeah. or like lick a tissue or something and then wipe it off you know that works too that sounds weird i know but i'm saying just like just get it wet okay through whatever means you've deemed necessary yes um yeah but anyway it does happen it's across different brands it's not anything wrong it just uh so it's, it's a natural byproduct yeah. of some of these dyes. it's gonna happen mostly in the brands that have specifically uh, vibrant colors yeah because you know if you uh, if you dilute those inks do you think that would happen less probably yeah absolutely. i would assume i yeah. would assume that would happen i would think so, so that could be another option we've talked about that with other things like uh nitrogen uh, nitrogen mm-hmm. organic studio nitrogen um you could try diluting those maybe 10 percent with a distilled water and you probably have that effect happening a lot less specifically with noodlers which is tends to be very very saturated ink colors yeah there you go all right spencer call on ig asked, what can I use fountain pens for outside of school? I just graduated and my job doesn't require, and then it's cut off. Require writing. I would assume. Well, you can wipe it on your friend's shirt. Yeah, or you could lick it. (laughs) As we've covered. These are all options. (laughs) Uh, No, I mean, literally anything, but I also understand that saying anything isn't super helpful because you're still just as lost as you were, but so... Um, that doesn't help me. No, it's um, not super helpful. But, uh, you know, journaling um, projects slash mm-hmm. hobby planning. Mm-hmm. I don't do a daily journal, but I do like to write stuff down when I'm planning a thing, be it, you know, a project, mm. you know, gardening, things like that. Oh, um, a collection, yeah. you know, organizing so stuff like that. So you, when you say journaling, to, to dive in even a little deeper on that, mm-hmm. you could think of journaling as... You know, dear diary, this is what you know. Yeah. So and so said to me a daily today. journal. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm you're you're talking. You could have a journal specifically about a hobby or an interest, like yeah, or like gardening, for example. That 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 know. has like a beginning and an end potentially. Mm-hmm. Like you know, yeah, yeah, plan, yeah. planning what you're going to plant, or mm-hmm. if you're going on vacation, you know, planning for that. You know, yeah, you yeah. know, documenting things that are around your hotel, things mm-hmm. you'd like to you know see or hit. You know, yeah, all sorts of things. So that Gro- can definitely grocery lists, grocery, grocery lists, any type of lists are mm-hmm. a good opportunity to use those specifically if you have a pen you know that's what i use a lamy 2000 a lot for list making Mm -hmm. and bullet journaling and things like that where it's not going to be a long writing session but having a pen that caps and uncaps easily and you can just write little quick notes i I enjoy that Mm -hmm. process for those and professionally you know almost every job requires meetings or discussions Mm. and if you record your thoughts during those meetings or the thoughts of others it will stick in your brain a little bit more so that's never a bad idea either yeah yeah, you could write things down and then bring them up in an appropriate time instead of just blurting out whatever thought comes to mind. That helped me out a lot. In the middle of somebody else's yep. sentence. And uh, one thing I would ask you for, let Spencer know mm. what you use your fountain pens for if you do not use them professionally because I'm sure that there are a ton of opportunities that I don't even know about. That yeah. um, Spencer, check out the comments. Somebody's going to leave something for you. Yeah, you could start your own YouTube channel about pens. That's one example from my own personal life. Uh, no, it's interesting because 
I mean, literally, I did not discover fountain pens until I had fully graduated my entire school career. So all the experience I have with fountain pens is outside of school. So there's obviously plenty of ways to use it. Uh, I use mine for journaling, you know, kind of like what Drew said, sometimes it's purpose driven, sometimes it's just general thoughts. Uh, but I do use that for meeting notes as well. Handwriting practice sometimes. Um, it can be actually kind of therapeutic um, to do that. I'm a very tactile person. I like to be very active. And sometimes I can't always do the things that I may want to do, like, you know, outdoor stuff, mulching and just cutting trees and like that kind of weird stuff. I can't Documenting do, your I oil change schedules. Absolutely. Writing down serial numbers for <laughs> tools and, yes, spark plug, you know, uh, uh, product codes and things like that. Uh, sometimes that's not practical when you're, you know, trying to be in the same room as your children, maybe. So handwriting practice is one of those things that if you're wanting to relax at the end of a work day or whatever, you can put on, you know, your favorite TV show or something like that. And you can do, you know, that kind of stuff. It can be kind of therapeutic uh, while you're kind of still present in the room with other people, maybe, mm -hmm. or by yourself if you don't like people. Um, or I just use them as carry around pens. I mean, literally, I just carry my pens around and when I need to sign a receipt at a restaurant or I need to, I don't know, explain to people what it is that I do for a living. It helps to have a pen on hand. So you'll, you'll find lots of ways if you uh, just look for those little opportunities. And particularly, I think if you have pens that are interesting and fun for you to use, you'll probably just look for more opportunities to use them. Uh, and you might come up with your own kind of custom, whatever, lifestyle scenarios where pens might actually make sense for you. Absolutely. And use your pens in public. You might meet a friend who likes the same stuff. There you go. So there. Yeah. Um, Jay Spiner on Instagram asks, best pens for hand pain? And hmm. there are a lot of different answers that we could Is go. that like best pens to stab somebody? To With, yeah, to create, to create pain. pain. Okay. Yes, yeah. yeah. Probably a lot of pens would fall into that category. They're all pointy. Um, no, what I would recommend, if you have some sort of um, arthritis situation, carpal tunnel, something mm -hmm. that uh, mm -hmm. makes it uncomfortable, that's not uncommon because a lot of folks actually gravitate to fountain pens yeah. because they're easier on your wrist because you Absolutely. don't have to push down hard. If you have a nicely tuned fountain pen, that ink is going to flow with no pressure at all. So yeah. it's not uncommon to search out fountain pens. To, uh, to help with that. Yeah, and I would say even just the fact that you have discovered fountain pens at all, you're already on the right track. And yeah. Pretty much pick up any fountain pen, you're going to be more or less in a better position than you would be with most other writing implements. Just because of the nature of the way the pens flow, they require less pressure. You don't have to have a mechanical ball, like a ballpoint or a roller ball, that you're physically having to use friction to drag it across the page to get it to write, fountain pens will flow through capillary action. So basically any properly writing fountain pen is going to require less pressure and be easier on your hand. Now, you can nuance that even further. If you have a pen that's way too small or very, very heavy or something like that, that could cause some cramping and, and you know fatigue with your hand. Yeah, don't go with a small pen made of iron. Right. Well, I mean, there are pens like that, like Quaco uh, Lilliput, right? Very small pen, but it's also kind of heavy. Yeah. Maybe not the best one for a long writing session if you have hand pain and you have or large the, hands like me. Remember yeah. that, that CP1 that was made of like, not not the... um. Yeah, there's a platinum CP1. That thing. Right? That thing was so skinny. It was very skinny. But it was also kind of weighty for... It wasn't super heavy, but the yeah. The size it was, yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, it was yeah. definitely heavier than that I brass you, one. I think you want to go the opposite direction of yeah. that. You want to go with something that's larger, yeah, especially grip. large at the grip section. Yeah. The length of it maybe matters a little bit less, as long as it's long enough to rest on your thumb 
you know, whatever web or whatever yeah. it's called, then you're going to be okay. And that's most pens. Yep. And then uh, going with something that, you know, doesn't have a whole lot of f- friction when you're writing with it, something with a slightly smoother nib, that is a very broad generalization, uh, but something that's as, as light as possible as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had, I had a kind of a short list of ones that I thought would be kind of good. Um, you had some too. I don't know if you mentioned any of these No, yet. not yet. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll just uh, leapfrog you. Go for it. The ones that I had. So um, ones that we get actually uh, you know, told about a lot is Edison Collier. That's a big pen. It's a big pen. Uh, but it's light. It is light. You can eyedropper convert it and write with it for But then it won't be ever. light. Well, it'll be a little bit heavier, but it's still a pretty light pen. Um, that's a good one, nice big grip section. The Penlux Masterpiece Grande, kind of in that same vein, very large pen. Um, Twisby actually gets recommended a lot. Hmm. Um, you know, the 580, Vax 700, maybe a little bit less, but the 580 generally is 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 pretty well liked. Uh, and the Conklin All-American, that's another good big one. Um, and that's a little more affordable maybe than the the Collier and the Masterpiece Grande. But those ones get get talked about quite a bit. But anything yeah. kind of in that vein, I think you're in good shape. Yeah, the um, Monteverde Ritma is a metal pen, so it's on the heavier side, especially mm-hmm. if you post it. But the grip section is pretty much the same diameter as the barrel itself, so yeah, it's, it's got a, a pretty wide grip on that thing. Yeah, very tubular pen. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then the Opus 88 uh, usually has pretty, pretty uh, substantial grip sections as mm-hmm. well. Um, yeah, that's a big pen and pretty light as well. And one thing I will say, if you are at all um, familiar with a pen that does have a comfortable grip section for you, mm-hmm. we have a comparison tool on our website called the Pen Plaza, yeah, we which do. has every one of our pens able to be compared side by side with any of the other pens. So if you yeah. know how you know your Jinhao looks and you want to compare the width of the grip sections to something you have yet to purchase, that's mm-hmm. a great way to do it. We also have grip diameters on every one of our products that we sell, our old pens anyway. With with a slight asterisk there, we have to make a judgment call because not all grips are like the Ritma where it's just one straight tube. Right, we measure at the widest point. Yeah, no, no, not always. That's the way we use it. We, right? Well, we have to kind of pick and choose. It, 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 it gets complicated. Okay. <laughs> we try we try to measure it at the place where we think that most people would be holding it. Oh, that's not, not the way I did like, it. No, I yeah. did it. Well, yeah, exactly. It was a long so, time before I used to do it. Yeah, so it is complicated because when you get a pen like the Studio, for example, it's mm-hmm. got a pretty hardcore taper. Or the 2000, right? It's got a pretty yeah. hardcore taper on it. Mm-hmm. Where exactly is the measuring point for the grip Right where the steel starts. Pen? Where the steel starts right here. That's no, where you grip where this pen. No, where the steel that that's the grip yeah so you're gripping it right there i'm not i'm gripping it here well i actually hold the i have three different fingers in like basically three different spots all right so how do you measure that exactly it's it's complicated anyway it's on there (laughs) and you can use that to gauge approximately we're talking millimeters here so if you're off by a couple it's not really gonna make a huge difference yeah what you're really comparing is the one where it's 10 millimeters off than the other one or something like that correct so you'll know you'll know correct all right, next question is from Evan Seaman03. What is the best method for ink mixing? I don't think either of us can say what the best overall method for ink mixing is. We don't do that on a regular pouring, basis. Pouring one into the other, I think, is the best method. I'm going to disagree with him. Putting both of them in the same container. Big I mistake. I would call that as the best method. Big mistake. Fair enough. Agree um, to disagree. But uh, there are definitely ways you could do it poorly. It's generally understood that the safest way to do it is to stick using inks from the same brand, same manufacturer, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. just so you don't go adding any crazy components to you know something that it does not agree with. Mm-hmm. Usually, if a manufacturer makes an ink, it's you know using the same sort of methods, mm-hmm. same basic materials, nothing super crazy there. And I'll, I'll go one step further than that and say the same series within a brand. 
Not a bad idea. You know, for example, Noodlers has a lot of different things going on. A lot on. of properties, yes, sir. You know, so the Bay State inks should only be mixed with other Bay State Good call. colors. You know, the conventional line, yeah, they're all fine. I think if you're going with a Diamine Shimmer Tastic and you want to mix it, go with another Diamine Shimmer Tastic. However, know. if you do want to get a little crazy and add a Diamine Shimmer Tastic to a Noodlers Bay State, go ahead. Yes, but watch it explode. Do it in a small amount in an ink sample vial and let it sit for at least a day before putting it in your pen. Just yeah. in case it Just summons case. Cthulhu. So, so what now? Hmm? Cthulhu? What? what anyway. Is what is that? You can't just drop that and, and walk Cthulhu. away. Cthulhu, it's a giant um, Lovecraftian monster. Lovecraftian? With the, what with is this? Squid face man. What? What are you talking it's a, about? It's a giant monster with bat wings, a squid head, and you've never heard of Cthulhu. I literally don't know what you're talking about right now. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Lovecraft. Monster. It's I understand a, monster. H.G. Uh, Lovecraft, the author? Nope. No? Okay. I well. got nothing. Is it nonfiction? Doesn't sound like it. If it's fiction, I got nothing for you. <laughs> Do you think that what I'm talking about actually exists? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know everything. Anyway, um, no, it's, it's fiction. <laughs> You're amused that I asked you if that was nonfiction. <laughs> um, just somebody's gonna be really amused by this. Conversation. Be safe with it. Um, <laughs> let it sit. If you do something wacky, honestly, it's a good idea to let it sit, even if you don't do something wacky, because you never know what's in there. We don't have a lot of, and by a lot of, I mean zero insight on how ink is made. Like th they are I mean, not transparent about what they put in there. Any sort true. of material safety data information, we don't know. Generally, it's speaking, not radioactive yeah. or anything. But mm -hmm. other than that, we have no idea. Um, and yeah. then I would also say that there are some inks like Diatramentus. Um, they actually sell a mm -hmm. dilution fluid that yeah. you can use to actually dilute your ink, mm -hmm. turn you know a bottle of nitrogen into four bottles of nice blue ink, um, <laughs> uh, or whiteness of the whale. Of <laughs> yeah, exactly. To regular blue, um, whiteness of the whale is in Noodler's Eternal inks. It's a little bottle, but it's mm -hmm. actually contrary to popular belief, not supposed to be used as a white ink, but a dilution fluid to lighten or whiten your inks. Yeah, so you so, can turn your red a Pink, pink color yeah yeah um or whatever and um one thing that i asked um brian um k over on the customer care team mm -hmm. he likes to mix ink and he said mm. that jeremy our other guy here that likes to make inks yeah? recommended to him counting drops is a good way to mm -hmm. measure the ratio if you don't have the equipment necessary to kind of weigh by volume yeah using a disposable pipette which produces better drops than a syringe syringe is hard to control yeah precisely a disposable yeah. pipette that we also sell can mm -hmm. control drops mm -hmm. a little bit better and just count your drops like this is a three to one or you know mm -hmm. a two to three so it's a lot better to kind of scale it up from there when you're starting in the ink sample vials that actually is part of the reason why we carry those disposable pipettes in instead of of just having the syringes uh, it is partly for ink mixing and stuff like that of course you can use it to transfer ink to a new bottle or whatever but um, that's part of why is for that ink mixing exactly um, so yeah I think that there's a lot of great threads on ink mixing on the fountain pen network there's oh my gosh so many reviews where people have mixed it and they get pretty scientific and I think there's a whole sub forum within there about ink mixing with different recipes and reactions and stuff so i think that's a great resource you don't have to sign up for it to be able to view it i don't believe so i think you can just go lurk and look at some of the formulas people have already come up with including you know some people have come up with um you know discontinued ink colors and people have experimented oh. to try to recreate some of those colors and so there have been some varying degrees of success on that so it's a pretty interesting place to go hang out if that is your thing 
Uh, also, there are some, uh, you know, kind of kits, I guess, that have come out over the years mm-hmm. with various manufacturers. They don't usually get a whole lot of love and get a lot talked about all over the place, but I thought it was worth mentioning a few in case that was a thing for you. Um, so Platinum has their mix-free. They do it a little differently. They have, what is it, nine different ink colors. And I don't know. Do we still sell mix those? Them. Good question. <laughs> Should have checked. Um, but that, that is a I thing. I haven't heard about them in a long I mean, time. They came out like 10 years ago. But anyway, so that's a thing. You can mix some of those. And they had a whole chart for how to mix them and get different colors and stuff. It was this very big thing that was a thing. Uh, also, you could go with more of a CMYK kind of mixture if you're a color guru or if you're familiar with like the printing process or that kind of stuff cmyk with the four colors you can basically mix you know almost any color that you want by different ratios there's plenty about that on the fountain pen network i know but there um that's the basis for the paniter alchemy set so there are four different colors cmyk plus a dilution liquid and they give you some extra bottles and stuff so that's very fancy packaging so if you really want to feel like a baller doing your ink mixing paniter alchemy is the way to go uh, but you can also mimic the whole CMYK thing. I've seen people do it with Noodler's ink colors using Noodler's uh, yellow. I think it's Segura wine, but I'm not sure. Some magenta e color. Mm-hmm. It's a nice magenta. Um, that's one option. And then uh, Noodler's turquoise and then black to get your CMYK. Hmm. So you can mess around with those. And then Drew mentioned the detrimentous document inks. I know that's something pretty popular. People are doing watercolor stuff or doing uh, urban sketching. Uh, not uncommon at all for people to mix those together as well. And I think that's that's part of what the vibe is there. So lots of options for you, but uh, it's definitely a whole subset of the whole fountain pen yeah. experience is getting into ink mixing. So more to explore, but not something that we are doing every day ourselves necessarily. All right, Drew. Well, Brian, the Drifters Melody on Instagram asks, often new new pens come with scratchy nibs and or starting issues. How to tackle them? How to tackle them? How to tackle them. Run at them very aggressively. Yeah. Keep your eye on them. If they're moving quickly, you want to try to anticipate where they're going to be by the time you get to them. Mm -hmm. You want to keep your head down, Mm -hmm. right? And then, I'm just kidding. I don't actually know what I'm talking about, uh, but uh, <laughs> are you supposed to keep your football. head down or head up? I don't know. I don't I football. I feel like if your head's no, if your head's down, I literally don't know. I, think I would. It's head down. I would be like a. I think if your head's up, you can snap your neck. I would be like a seventh string kicker, maybe. I don't know what I would be. I would be a, a lineman, and they would just be like, or a very lazy. Large, I would be a very. Here. Yeah. I would be a very lazy cheerleader. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I would get tired very quickly. I think you're right on the right track with kicker. I think you could be a, a third string kicker or something. <laughs> when he's not kicking, he's very lazily cheerleading. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Where's the cotton candy? Towboy, maybe? You could be a towboy. Maybe. Yeah. Do they do that? Is that a thing? Right. I don't know. Drew and I clearly don't know Gatorade, anything about sports. Ice adder. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but uh, first of all, Drifter's Melody. Um, you got to know the difference between scratchiness and feedback because that's the first thing. A lot of folks, if, hey, my name's Drew, the only pen I own has been a Pelican Broad, and then I bought a Vanishing Point with an extra fine nib. Ah, I hate it. It feels weird and different. It's scratchy. No, no, mm. Drew. No, Drew. It's not. It's just a very different nib, mm. and it's a very different size piece of metal rubbing up against paper. So, you know, just putting that out there. You know, define what the pen is supposed to write like so you know kind of what to expect. There are pens out there that do have a noticeably higher amount of feedback than other pens. Absolutely. That's not something you need to fix, per se. And if you do want it 
change, you go to a Nibmeister and they can make it the way you want it. But it's not a defect. It's kind of supposed to be like that. So Yeah, and that's different depending on, you know, the manufacturer and how they're kind of designing it to be. I kind of anticipate it, or not anticipate it. The, the analogy that I think about it is sort of like when you have a car. When you're driving different types of cars, you can have different driving experiences, right? So if you have more of a sport-tuned car, the suspension is going to be stiffer. It's going to ride oh. a little rougher, but it's going to handle tighter on the road. Okay. That doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with that, you know, versus if you are driving, I don't know, more of a luxury thing and it's going to ride a little squishier on the mm -hmm. road, but it's going to smooth the bumps out more. It really depends on what kind of experience that you're looking for. Uh, the difficult thing about that with fountain pens is they don't necessarily clearly say what it is going to be like that, you know, whether it's sport tuned or luxury tuned. Um, but that is that is a, a good way to think about it. And uh, maybe uh, as you're exploring different pens and looking to kind of um, see what kind of experience you're looking to get, keeping that in mind that not every pen is going to be the same level of smoothness. Right. But if you do have a pen and it is tearing up paper, super scratchy, yeah. um, that could mean a couple things. You could have a burr on the nib. One time it could be lower than the other, especially mm -hmm. if you notice mm -hmm. it scratching more from left to right or right to left. That usually means that one time is higher than mm -hmm. the other, and it mm -hmm. shouldn't be. Certainly, you could possess the ability to correct those times. Uh, however, it's probably a better idea. You clean your pen. Obviously, cleaning isn't going to fix bent tines, but overall, a good idea to clean your pens. Yeah a good idea to change your ink if you're having flow issues. Mm -hmm. But if you do have something a little bit more severe like nib issues, or it's just not writing at all, contact the place you bought it before doing any of that other stuff because you mm -hmm. don't want to accidentally void a warranty or in some way jeopardize your support options mm -hmm. with said company. Exactly. Yeah, and doing like a realignment or something, unless you go really off the wall, that that's pretty safe to mess around with but if you're talking about taking micro mesh or still something still not like something that a lot of it, companies want to hear about though yeah so if you if you do that and take it too far and you cause some kind of damage to it then that will void the warranty but if you're just tweaking it a little bit and you're like nope this is getting out of my out of my comfort level that's generally okay and we can work with you on that um, but uh, yeah i think if you're getting to the point where you're actually going to try to alter the smoothness of the nib by you know, the micro mesh that you're, you're, you're grinding, you're actually changing the surface at nib. That's pretty much where you're, you're crossing into that territory where you're going to be on your own. Yeah. If you bought it from us, we are always happy to help. This is not an yeah. uncommon thing. We yeah. do this stuff every day. We're happy to either walk you through how to make it better or to help you kind of gauge expectations a little bit. If you are a newer user and you don't quite have an understanding of how this pen is supposed to be, we can help with that too. And of Absolutely. course, if you need to, if you need it to come back, we'll take care of it. If you're outside of your warranty and it needs to go back to the vendor, we'll help you walk through that as well. So no matter what, we got your back. And you know, any other company, you know, we'll also have your back. So there you go. All right, that it takes care of our Q and A for this week. We are now going to do a hypothetical, and we thought we'd mix it up this time because Drew's been doing them all, and I wanted the chance to try it out. So Drew has no idea what I'm about to ask him. And actually, I had a hard time narrowing it down between two different hypotheticals. Bring and it on. Maybe I'm just so excited, and maybe I shouldn't do both of them at once, but I think one of them is going to be pretty quick and easy. So I'll start with that one. Okay. And then we'll go with the other one. So the first one is a would you rather. Okay. So it's kind of just an either or, and we can banter a little bit. But this is very specific to you. Okay. So Drew, would you rather give up coffee for a year or have to wear shorts on all the warm days of the year for about six months. Oh, oh no. Would you give up pants or give up coffee? All right, I'm With gonna- coffee, you have to give up longer. I'm gonna pull a Brian, 
and say, <laughs> do I have to buy the shorts? Uh, they would be supplied to you. So there's no financial outlay of the shorts. I'll it's, go with the you're shorts. You're literally just having to wear them. I'll go with the shorts. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. You'd wear shorts for six months. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, that's not a question. I, I have coffee. Publicly, like in yeah, front yeah. of other people. If uh, I have a problem with shorts just as a, as an alternative to buying pants. They should be, if, if, a, if a pair of pants is 60 bucks, shorts should be like 15 and they're not. What? They're not. No way. There's not enough of you cannot shorts. Say okay, that maybe there not fifteen, is... but there's just there's just not worth it. I'm fine in jeans. Jeans do the job. I get bitten by mosquitoes less. I don't get sunburned sunburned on my legs. And I cannot ever say that the bottom of my legs get hot and I wish that there was nothing covering them up. I will deal with shorts. I just you don't know? want to buy them. How would why you know? would you never I buy wear shorts? <laughs> why would I buy shorts when I can just buy more jeans? Why buy more pants? They have a wider. So they have reasons. a wider application. They last the whole year. You can't wear. You can't wear shorts How do they have in the a snow. Wider application. Because you wear them year round. Here? You can wear shorts year round. For also, that matter. Also, I don't get poison oak on my legs. Okay, I'll Mr. give you Goulet. that. I'll give you that. Pants are better. I'll give you but that. if I didn't have to pay for the pants, mm-hmm. if I didn't have to pay for the shorts, whatever. Okay. Um. Then all right, whatever. Don't take my coffee away from me. That 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 does a sad thing. I have my my like eight thirty coffee is so mm. special to me. You know, we put the kid down at eight. You're talking eight thirty at night. Eight thirty at night. Way, for put the kid down know. at eight. We go down. I make myself some coffee. Me and the wife sit down, watch some TV. I sip on my coffee. Maybe have a little snack. It's oh a snack. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what is your uh, snack? I'm going to go deeper here. What is your snack choice? Is it complement the coffee or is it um, separated, not necessarily right tied now, to the Right now, I have a couple options. Okay. Um, I bought, uh, I made some, some brownies this weekend, so those are there. Ooh. Those are there in a little little tray with some cellophane on it. Mm. Um, I also have some Freezy Pops that you, you know, squeeze out the things. Oh. Those are always a go-to. And oh, then when I love me some Freezy and Pops. Then, and then when you're done, with you the take coffee. the empty things and you stick it in the coffee mug and you have like a bouquet of empty plastic So wait a there. minute. Freezy Pops, those are like a fruity, cold snack. I drink my coffee, coffee first. Okay. And let them melt a little bit so they're not like rock hard. Okay. And then, then they're enjoyable. Also, Brian, I have some Oreos that I bought. They're 4th of July Oreos. And I didn't know this when I bought them. Mm-hmm. But... Okay, so the red, white, and blue icing for one. They're very cool looking. I've not so seen I these. brought some in my lunch and I'm eating them here in the office and the they're in my mouth. Uh-huh. They're doing something. And <laughs> okay. I don't know what they're doing. They're activating. They're they are. <laughs> they are. I was what like, are they doing in your mouth? They were popping. What? Yes. Like like fireworks, like Fourth of July. They like had pop, pop rocks? rocks in them, and I did not know this. Oh wow! Apparently, they said it on the on the on the thing. I, I saw it on the package later that day. But I'm eating them, and yeah, something's could, happening in my mouth. I could see though. There, like you see some like firework type like design happening on there, and you just think like, oh, yeah, it's Fourth of July. Yes, yes. They just superimpose some fireworks. No, there's some stuff happening. Not like really obvious pop rocks, huh. but enough that I notice like what is happening in my mouth. Pop rocks, something. pop rocks are something that can really throw you off if you are not expecting them. Yeah. So anyway, those are my snack options. Wow. Currently. Pop rock Oreos with coffee. That's, I did not anticipate that freaked me going out. down this path. That freaked me that out. That would freak me out. I mean, it's good. fun now that I know it's yeah. coming, but there, okay. was, there was a moment where I was like, what is happening? There you go. All right. Well, good to know. I, I see I knew you loved coffee. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But and I don't want to buy shorts. Good to know that coffee holds out. Okay. All right, fair enough. Yeah. 
right. like just like I don't want to buy dots. But if you said, would you rather have no snacks all year or only dots? I'm like, I mean, only dots, obviously. I'm not right. gonna not have treats. Right. I need treats. <laughs> Wouldn't I don't want treats. I don't want to buy them. If right. you had said, like, would you rather have no snacks or buy dots? I'm like, okay. No, but if you no did want to buy them, you can get them almost anywhere. Uh, almost anywhere. Anyway, what was your second thing? You want to do the second one? Do you yeah, want to sure. do that one? So this I'll, one, I'll this one's a, you gotta, you gotta, you're gonna have to think about this nah. one a little bit more. Nah. Oh, you will. All right. If you were a professional wrestler, what would be your entrance theme song? Easy. I've thought. You don't think I've thought Is that about the name this? Of the song? You don't think I've thought about this? I didn't know. We've, Come ne- on we've now. never talked about this. Vainglory Opera by Ed Guy. Wow, I knew it was going to be a power metal song. It's kind of like Final Countdown. It starts off with like uh-huh. this like trumpety uh-huh. thing, and then goes and then but it also keeps the yeah yeah easy. Come I on, knew man. it was going to be man. a power metal song. I just couldn't nail. There's down so which many one possibilities. Exactly. Yeah, there are. I think uh, I, I so I was listening to some uh, power metal last night, and I also know to get inspired about this I, question. I for also you. know at what point I would walk out to the ring. Like I know when the song oh, hits. Planned, huh? yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm waiting until it starts with a and then I walk out. Nice. So you hear the song, you're like, oh, oh, oh no, it's Drew, and then it keeps on going. You're like, oh, he's coming. Nice. He's coming. Do you have a, a wrestling name? Like, what would your wrestler name be? Um, no, I don't. Question. I don't. Um, mm. Now, when I would... I think it should be the brown something. Something with brown mm. in it. The brown tornado or something like that. I don't know. Brown bomber? The brown bomber? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Let me figure that one out. Yeah. The brown smudge? I probably wouldn't be a wrestler. I probably wouldn't be <laughs> one of those, like, really conniving, creepy dudes that, like, walks out with the wrestler and, like... Oh, you'd be, like, like the, the... Pulls the, the guy's leg, Like, the henchman you know, Tosses in the chair, you know, oh, like... Yeah. Ah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be Yeah. Weird. Okay. You'd be like I don't know where that steel chair came from. You'd be <laughs> like the like the Andy to the Conan, right? I was thinking more like, like Paul Bearer to the Undertaker, you know, oh, with okay. the with the ashes. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. yeah. I used to watch a lot of wrestling. I know. I know. <laughs> You're way more educated about it than I am, which is why uh, that's why I thought this, you know, there might be something interesting to talk about here. Um, what would you choose for me then? What would be my song? Since you're so well versed in the, uh, uh, the, the I, I selfishly have not thought about that. Okay. Um, fair enough. Fair oh, enough. you know what? Nope. Done. What? Offspring. Kids aren't all right. <laughs> oh, I don't actually like that song. <laughs> my, my band covered that song in high school and I didn't like it. Oh yeah. I didn't like it. It's too high. It's too high to sing dun, dun, yeah, but, well. Yeah, yeah, but it starts off really good. Yeah. 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 We also did Creed Higher. That was another Her- one that we covered. Yep. Um, I, uh, do, you know what, do you know what I would choose as my wrestling name for myself, Drew? Because I did actually think about this. Mm. <clears throat> Maybe I should tell you what my outfit would be, and then you can try to guess what my wrestler name would be. Okay, go ahead. Uh, my outfit, I would have uh, cargo shorts, of course, mm. and then a flannel shirt uh, and some kind of like tool belt. I won't say specifically what type because then that would maybe make it too obvious what I'm going for here. Mm. <laughs> I, no, I don't. So I, I live a very out, outdoorsman's lifestyle mm-hmm. at, at, at home, and uh, so I would call myself Lumberjack. <laughs> 
God. And that would be my. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so that... I'd have like a brawny man type of uh, oh. brawny man turned bad kind of thing. I'm sure there's a and movie have, like, somewhere a, where there's a, a character belt named that. with like a hatchet on the back of it and stuff like oh, that. Oh, gosh. Yeah. See, that yeah. That would be, that's like, like a, that's a like hard hat. That's like know? WWF 1981. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, I don't really, I'm not current on the, the whole scene. So it's not as fun anymore. Yeah. I think that's a shame. From what I've seen, anyway. But yeah, uh, my my song either I think Iron Maiden "Run to the Hills" will be pretty fun. Mm-hmm. That one's got a good build up to it. <laughs> Doesn't um, it's not it's not very it's not very wood, woodsy. Like, I yeah. had a hard time finding a woodsy. <laughs> surprisingly, I had a hard time finding a, a lumberjacky pro wrestling sounding song. That's a shame. Um, and I spent quite a bit of time, more than I should have last <laughs> night, on it. Um, that or Carmina Burana by Trans Siberian Orchestra. Classic. I just love TSO. Classic. And, uh, I thought that was a good one. But I would make for a very weird wrestler because they'd be like, who is this guy? He's all over the place because I have such random diverging interests. Mm-hmm. People wouldn't be able to pin me down. No, I, I think I would go with some like uh, for, for your Lumberjack song. I would go with a uh, um, song called Rauta by uh, a band called Corpiclani. They don't sing in, in, in English. Okay. But, uh, you just, all the better. It, it sounds, I don't have to remember the words. It sounds very, you know lumberjacky in my opinion do i get to do this kind of motion oh yeah they say they say they say they say iske like 900 times nice which i believe means forge i think it's about blacksmithing Ooh, okay i can i can get on board with that yeah yeah there you go yeah as long as it like pumps me up and i feel like doing like this kind of motion there you go in the right oh yeah no no in the right zone they do that (laughs) fantastic all right right. good stuff all right so what's happening drew what's What's happening happening um last week uh, Friday, I got invited to a Las Vegas themed murder mystery dinner, and uh, that was the first time so, I had done one of those. I think a lot of people can relate to that. You know, it's like every weekend. It was pretty interesting. <laughs> Apparently, the the host buys like a kit, um, and it comes with like the the storyline, like little cards and name tags, okay. and some props, maybe. And yeah, yeah. They okay. kind of host it. You get a little packet in advance that says something about the character you're supposed to be, and you know your backstory. So uh, it's kind of like in the office where they have that uh, the murder, murder in Savannah. Savannah. What, yes. was what was that called? That game, the uh, deep remember. deep cut here. What was the game called, Drew? I, I know remember. it had a name. I can't remember. Uh, I remember Voodoo Mama Juju. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, oh it's like gosh. that. I do declare. Uh, it was a lot like it was a lot like that. <laughs> so my character was a a bookie, you know, a Las Vegas, um, you know, bet taker, odds maker. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just wanted to look. Uh, I just wanted to look kind of skeezy. No offense to the Las Vegas bookmakers out there, but um, it was. Pretty uh, tongue in cheek, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I wore a brown velour long sleeve shirt with a half zip, some brown sunglasses, and a gold chain I bought off Amazon for nine dollars. I, I did not look mm-hmm. appealing mm-hmm. at all. I, I, my reflection in, insulted me quite a bit. So that was fun. Um, uh, my wife Shannon ended up being the murderer. So um, hey, that's cool. Yeah, she murdered her husband. So that was oh. her uh, ability. Her husband in the game? No, I was not. Oh, okay. It was well, it was cool. somebody else. Yeah. So um, bells, bourbon, and bullets. That was the name of the nice. game. Nice. Uh, the office. Nice. So yeah, that was an interesting little adventure. So we <laughs> did that. Um, I bought my seven year old a bow and arrow 
So um, oh, that's a thing. Like a real one? Like a real one, yeah. He hasn't killed anything. So wow. that's good. I consider that a parenting win. Wow. Is it like a kid's version, like a small one? Um, is it, it is like pretty small. Like yeah. a youth like youth. Size. Yeah, it's a youth yeah. compound bow um, with okay. target arrows. I mean, they're metal, but... Um, wow. Uh, yeah, I drew, I drew a little zombie that he's been shooting in the backyard. Well, that's good um, practice because when they, when there is an uprising, you know, it's yeah, what's good the iron, it's him. the iron, it's Iron Maiden's Eddie. That's really the only <laughs> zombie I need, I know how to draw. That's fantastic. But actually they, they do, they do archery at his summer camp. So he had actually had a pretty good idea of what was safe, what was, oh, okay, un, what was unsafe. Okay. So I know he had done it before. So I, I remember wasn't, I, I wasn't did sure. archery at summer camp yeah. as a kid. I had really loved it. Like it he actually great. knew a lot. He was like, all right, this is where the fletchings go. When you're not holding it, you hold it like this, you know, and I didn't really need to tell him anything. I was, nice. in fact, like, hey, if someone goes past this line, you don't shoot, okay? Like, right. Yeah. Um, so that was neat. He's cool. been enjoying that. Wow. And um, I bought some shark pens for the, with the sale. So I bought Hey-o. some shark pens um, <laughs> for my mother-in-law and some of my wife's coworkers. And I found out last night when I gave the shark pens to my wife to take, mm-hmm. for her to take mm-hmm. to work. Um, gave her some cartridges as well. Just got yeah. a pack of the Monteverde mixed cartridges, uh-huh. and I, uh-huh. and she said to me, "So what do these do? How do you how do you get these in there?" Oh wow! Ten years I've wow. worked at the Goulet Pen Company. You've given her pens before. She's owned pens. She has, and if you'll remember, she has had those She's pens lost, repossessed many of them because uh, she does not do a great job in um, caring for them. Mm. I love her to death, but uh, it yeah, like, it sounds like you should educate her a little bit um you know, i think that she's she's just she she has her uh, rosy retro 51 rollerball and that's just that's just it. that's enough the fountain pen her. thing but she didn't know how to put in a cartridge we could send I mean, her you could send her a couple links to some videos <laughs> that could help her out with that so <laughs> that's what i want to hear me. from you but and then i was like i was like shannon <laughs> name five fountain pen brands and she was like oh gosh lamy mont blanc <laughs> Yaffa? I was like, oh my god. Wow. Wow. Okay. okay. She eventually got there, but man, it was a it was okay. a moment. Okay. Yeah. She's clearly invested in uh in your like in your life. <laughs> you know, yeah. Could you name five brands of things that she deals with? Probably. Uh, I mean no, but I, I know so, I know some know. things. Yeah, okay. I know some things. Okay, okay. <laughs> Anyway, that's, see, been, that's been... See, I don't have that experience because Rachel and I are all up in each other's business. <laughs> so, like, we don't have, Literally all up in each other's business. Yes. We, we, I don't know what I would not know about what she's doing and vice versa. So, yeah, that's just a different experience for us. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure Rachel could name five brands of ours. Probably. Um, yeah, so for me, you know, Drew did mention previously, was it the last pencast we did or maybe the one before... We were talking about things to do over the summer. We were talking about the Connects roller prob- the Connects roller coaster came up. I probably mentioned it a couple times. I forget how it came up exactly. I don't know. You no. and I are like goldfish. We can't remember what we talk about because it just streams out of us. Uh, but anyway, Rachel was like, "Yeah, let's actually do that. We should do." It. And I was like, "Oh yeah, yes. that was a thing. Yeah, let's do that." So uh, actually, Ellie, you, you know Ellie. Yeah, she went up and grabbed the the rather sizable trunk that all those pieces are in because the connects roller coaster it's about eight feet long uh about three three feet high and three feet wide something like that yeah. it's pretty big yeah um it's all just little sticks and stuff but still it, it, it takes up a fairly good size container when you have it in there she she went and grabbed the container and like like clunked it down the stairs 
all by herself. And I was like, oh, this is happening like right now. And the kids wanted to do it. They both were excited about it. And I've tried to get them into connects before. And it was, it was one of those things that I'm sure you've had this experience with Archer. You try to introduce your kids to things and they're kind of like, you know, feign interest in it for a little yeah. bit. And then you're left like building the connects Ferris wheel all by yourself. Cause now it's taking up half the living room and you kind of have to, you're kind of committed at that point, but they have no interest whatsoever in, in doing it. So that Ferris wheel I built two or three years ago. They have not let me take it apart. So it's been taking up room in our house for years, literally. And now we have the Ferris wheel and the roller coaster <laughs> in our living room. And it's kind of taking up the entire thing. But they oh. wanted to do the roller coaster, but they hung in there. They did it. Their their fingers were sore yeah. and everything. And I was like, oh, this is bringing me back. Oh, connects are merciless. They are merciless. And they both wanted to do it. And Ellie wanted to listen to Christmas music while we were <laughs> doing it in the middle of July. So we were listening. I felt like I had time traveled back to 1994. Because oh here I am God. building this connects roller coaster as the dad with my kids, which is weird enough. And then Ellie is listening to this Christmas album of the Muppets doing Christmas songs, which my mother loved Muppet Christmas. And we listened to it all oh. the time growing up. Oh, I I have a very it's soft good. spot for the Muppets. Muppet the 12 Christmas Days Carol. of Christmas Muppets is Wait, hilarious. hold on. 12 Days of Christmas Muppets. You're not talking about the movie. Christmas. No, no, no. I'm talking oh, about the songs. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were talking about a Muppet Christmas Carol. No, they had like an that album. That is my jam. No, no, no. They had an album. of, of Yeah. So she somehow found this and wanted. So here I am in July I am with currently my wearing kids. a Kermit watch and hey, uh, uh, Bunsen and Beaker socks. There you go. Okay, Bunsen look and look Beaker that. socks. That wasn't even planned. For me. No, I'm just... So yeah, that's that's what I did. And the kids, they did not want to stop. We actually had to tell them it was nine o'clock at night. And I was like, no, we we, we are stopping and we'll finish this tomorrow. Uh, because all of us I'm were so glad. getting sore and our fingers were very in, much in pain. But then they woke up the next day and wanted to finish the rest. And so we built the whole thing in, I don't know, maybe six hours total. You know what you should have done? You should have said, we can do this, but the carousel has to come down first. Uh, I just didn't want to do that though. They were see if I'd done that, that would have been two hours of taking apart the carousel. Yeah, Our fingers true. would have already been. But sore. now you have to spend six hours taking apart the carousel and the roller coaster. I know that's going to happen, <laughs> and they're not going to want to take it apart. So who's going to take it apart? Oh, this guy. R.I.P. Your thumbs. Yep. So then the kids, of course, drew that brought up the conversation about the bags of apples. Um, and so yeah, that was me as a kid. So I really felt like I had time traveled. It was it was very strange. Because you know you run fun. Into, it was a lot of fun. I they were legitimately into it. Rachel even helped out a bit for a while, and then she did not have much interest after the first <laughs> hour. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty fun. That is epic. I'm so glad that happened. Yeah, me too. So now we did, and and the first the first test we did with the little car that goes around it. It worked. It made it all the way around, which is not always the case. So because it's not powered or anything, it's just gravity. It's just fed. gravity. Yeah, it's just gravity, and it's plastic sticks all yeah. together. Like it's there's a lot of ways to do it, and the instructions are not great. Like there's one picture of a whole section, and you have to put it together just based on what that picture. It's not like Lego where it's a step by step thing. Ooh. You're you're looking at this grainy, crappy picture, and we didn't even have the original instructions, so it was a digital download oh. of a 20 year old grainy instructions that we're looking at on an iPad. And, and it's together. not like Lego where you can go to the official site and get like HD versions of all of their instructions. No, I don't even think I got the official instructions. It was some bizarre oh, place I had to go and find it. And I mean, that's how connects are though. Hey, it was, it was pretty much like you have this thing you're trying to build two pictures. That's what you get <laughs> like halfway built and fully built. And you're like, 
where does this piece connect to on the back? And they're all oh, like man. getting frustrated. I'm like, no, 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 it's got to fit like this. And you got to hold it like this. So you get the leverage to snap it. Cause you got it like, it's like work to put those things together. Yeah, sometimes, it is. Especially on the roller coaster. So yeah, they were, they, I had to assemble and like redo some of the pieces, but the kids did great. They really did. And now it's built and we have that memory. So that is fun. awesome. I'm sure we can uh, probably yeah. add a picture here, right? You have a, yeah, I'll get yeah. you a picture. Awesome. I'll get you a picture. Very it's cool. A lot of fun. All right. Well, what's happening with the company? Well, we got some company updates. This is all like kind of behind the scenes stuff a little bit, if you care about that at all. Um, but uh, we had our quarterly leadership planning meeting this week. So that's a blast. Um, and how often do you a, do that? Uh, quarterly. Yeah, <laughs> quarterly. Once a quarter. So, yeah. Um, but basically, you know, we're, we're still dealing with COVID stuff. There's supply chain issues, all these types of things. Uh, hybrid work has been a big talking point for a lot of people in the general business community. We have a really strong culture here and we sell physical products. So there's definitely a need to be present in our building, but is that have to be the case for everybody for every role? So this is something that we've been talking through as a company. And, and so we're working out all those details and that's something that, uh, we are going to be, um, you know, kind of figuring out, but I think that, uh, we've, you know, been disrupted with COVID stuff and having to work from home and flex in and out, um, especially anyone who's caregiving, you know, in any capacity, you know, you're just, you're, you're pulled in a lot of different directions. So I think we've been able to accommodate that pretty well and still maintain our culture. And so now we're just figuring out, okay, what does kind of this next phase look like as, you know, we're, we're looking at a longer lens of this kind of like blended um, life that we're going to be living in. So that was a big talking point there. And uh, I think we have a pretty good plan. And uh, yeah, that's a big that's a big part of nice. it. So I won't get on to the nitty gritty details yeah. because it really doesn't matter to anybody. Well, I, I here, bet you a lot of people are still in that situation, whether or not they're helping direct the conversation or not. I mean, oh, yeah. the remote work was a huge game changer in yeah. surviving 2020 for a yeah, lot of absolutely. companies. And absolutely. I think a lot of companies are facing this like, okay, well, do we keep doing this or yeah. do we go back completely to how things absolutely. were? Or do we do this, you know, a little bit of both? Yeah. And that's something that we're talking about. That's something we're talking about with our suppliers, you know, they're traveling, pen shows, like all these things are all in conversations like, okay, well, do we just like immediately go back to the way everything was before, but it's not quite the same. What does yeah. this look like now? So everybody on personal and like work life is having to revisit these things. And so are we, but we're just right in that mix. And I feel like we have some pretty solid plans, but, um, you know, so I've probably played with physical pens a little less in the last couple of weeks because I've been, um, well, been, been heads down thinking about leadershipy stuff. Oh, so but that is actually a good segue to our next segment about what yeah. is on your desk and, uh, yes. spoiler alert, uh, not much for me <laughs> in terms of pens. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, personally writing with pens again i you know i use them in meetings and various things like that so i've been using again my lamy 2000 i actually inked it last time i brought it what is in there and i have uh just went to an old standby robert oh. o- robert oster blue water ice blue water ice i know you love that blue water i have ice. a bottle of it in my backpack and i was in a meeting and this pen was empty because i did clean it recently hey and so i um you know actually got to the point where i needed to ink it so i grabbed it out of my backpack and filled it and just went on nice but i did grab- what nib size uh, this is a uh, what is uh, extra fine or fine? I can't remember which. Oh, I think it's okay. extra fine. Cool. It's pretty thin. I use it for bullet journaling, so that just makes it easier. Nice. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, I've been writing. I actually inked up my black mat vanishing point. Hey. Which is an old favorite of mine. It is uh, no longer the mm. you know matte that it used to be. <laughs> it's shined up a little. It is. Bit it's with... quite shiny. I've got these nice brassy scrapes all over the uh, Ooh, the yeah. button. 
Um, the uh, it the, means it's been the end pops off really easily. Oh my gosh, true. Yeah, you know, it that happen? It just happens, you know. Uh, but uh-huh. I I love it dearly. Um, it you, is you dropped it in your car. And it is cl- you know it is trusty. Grabbed it. Out it is reliable and, and it is and it always writes. And I've got yeah. this inked up with SBRE Brown Ackerman ink. Oh wow! So um, finally got around to inking that up. So this has been quite enjoyable. This has always been kind of like my note taking pen. Whenever I've hmm. gone somewhere, I need quick little pop bam Sheboygan. Nice. Boom boom done. And I inked up and he my. He makes that sound every time he writes a note. It's kind it's of annoying, but quite you get, annoying, you get yeah. used to it. Yeah. People, well, well. Um, and I inked up my Twisby ALR Prussian Blue Hey-o. 580. Because you had just gotten that, but you I hadn't did. inked it yet. So and you, you know, what you got in there? What coincidentally, in there? last podcast I had mentioned um, my enjoyment of Noodler's Navy. And I actually found, I, I okay. went to our website and I was like, what is a good match for the trim the around Prussian this Blue? thing? Yeah. Is and Navy I, a good match? I thought it was. Yeah. With the 1.1 okay. that this has on it. Normally, it's a little dark. Yeah. yeah. But the 1.1 spreads, spreads it out it a little out, yeah. bit more and lightens, light, it lightens it up. And I think it's a really good so match. You would think normally with a stub nib that that's going to be like super wet and put down a ton of ink, but I personally don't think that that's the case. No, I mean it's you no, know, I think it it, it spreads it out quite mm. a bit, so it it actually is Neat. a little bit lighter. So this has been super enjoyable, and I've been writing with my Visconti Van Gogh Pollard Willows. Oh yeah, which you can't um, get anymore. No, you cannot. But uh, I love this pen very very much. That's right. And Drew, I, Drew Cherry picked this one off the shelf I when he got did. it. I looked perks through a of few. working here. Now I will say, <laughs> you know, back 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 in the day, these these pens were fantastic looking yes. they had a lot of vibrant colors in them yeah. um and i honestly don't know what's in here it's either really? thunder thunder fluff or rain fluff and i'm not really sure because every time i go to write with it it's super saturated because it's been sitting for a while mm. i'm like is this the dark one or is this the light one i don't know <laughs> either way it's one of the sailor ink studio 224 or 124 123 123 or 224 mm. rain fluff or thunder i don't know but okay. it's lovely and i love it Nice. That's what I've been writing with. That is what's on my desk. And are those the only three pens that you have inked up right now? Yes. Wow. You are nothing if not consistent. That's what I do. And I have had a few people on YouTube say, you know what? I need to do that thing that Drew does. You know, that should, I should do that. I've got oh, well, too many pens inked Nobody's up. looking at my process and saying, you know what? I need to do that. <laughs> I need to be more disorganized and not remember what Take ink I put control. in which pen. Yeah. The first step is admitting that you have a problem what's the second step because i'm lost after that <laughs> do i have to do something different uh well three easy payments of 29.95 to uh <laughs> my venmo yeah no not happening but anyway that's what we got for today's uh pen cast. so moving it along a little bit more but still giving you plenty of meat to chew on so thank you all so much for watching if you are interested in engaging with us you can leave some comments on youtube or anywhere else you might see it you can send us an email at pencast at gulepens.com, especially you audio listeners. Leave us a five-star review wherever five-star reviews can be had. That would be appreciated. And before we leave you all today, I do have a random fun fact for you all. Uh, this was not verified whatsoever. It came off a list on the internet, and I didn't follow up with it at all. But I thought maybe... I know Drew loves it when I just pull random facts, and he's like, is that really true? I'm like, I don't have a clue. But anyway, uh, I thought this was uh, maybe pertinent since we've talked about some shimmer-tastic inks and things okay. like that. So apparently, according to the internet, glitter was actually created by a rancher. So a cattle rancher in New Jersey is credited for having invented glitter, and it was by accident. So Henry Rushman from Bernardsville, New Jersey, was a machinist 
who crushed plastic while trying to find a way to dispose of it and thus created glitter in 1934. Thank you. I mean, it's not strange enough to seem untrue. It's it's just weird enough to seem like it could be true, but not so yeah. weird that you feel like you need to investigate it further. I'll go for that. <laughs> so there you go. That came off a random list of 100 weird facts that uh, you can take it or leave it. I'll go with the micro. That's the way I heard it kind of vibe. I, yeah. I, I dig that. Why not? But anyway, glitter invented by cattle ranchers. That's all we got for you this week. Thanks so much, everybody. And right on.